Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Chris Pods and Things podcast. I'm your host, Chris Stevens. Hopefully you are staying cool. If you are in certain areas of the country, there is a heat advisory going on, at least on the East Coast. It's 90-something degrees, but in the Pacific Northwest, it's actually closer to 110, which should let you know that the whole global warming you know, crisis is real. And everybody just stay safe, stay as cool as you can, check on your neighbors, you know, all the prerequisite stuff for just, you know, staying cool in obscene temperatures. That being said, uh, this episode of the Chris Pods and Things podcast, we are going to touch on the uh, BET Awards, which just happened this past Sunday on the uh, Black Entertainment Television Network. And they billed it as Culture's Biggest Night, which was the hashtag along with the BET Awards hashtag. And I felt that for the most part, it was a very good show. I know there are people who have, you know, some thoughts about the performances. We'll talk about that in a minute. Definitely the fashion, you know. I feel like the fashion suffered, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't get dressed up, even for his day job. Like, I wear a golf shirt and khakis to my day job. And even when I was a sports writer full-time, that's all I wore. Sports writers generally have the... uh the tag as being the worst dressed people in journalism. And that, you know, that goes without saying for me is that I just don't see the point in dressing up all the time to go everywhere. Like you can catch me, you know, doing my laundry in some old sweatpants and t-shirt. Or you can catch me just going to the grocery store and some basketball shorts and t-shirt. You know, comfort over everything, man. Comfort over everything. So with that being said, I'm not exactly, you know, a fashion, you know, expert, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of the stuff that people wore was generally because they had to cut back on their budgets. You know, when you're an artist and you're in a pandemic, you know, you can't go out and tour, which was really the money maker for a lot of these artists. You know, a lot of these musicians that you go out and tour, like you're not going to get so much. You're only going to get so much on an advance on a record deal. The royalty game is all screwed up because of, you know, streaming and whatnot. So, the budget ain't there. I mean, you got to hire who's available and you got to hope that they know your body and know color coordinate, color coordinations and patterns well enough to not have you looking like a damn fool on the red carpet. And for the most part, not everybody looked horrible, but not everybody looked great either. So you could probably do a hashtag search for the BET Awards on Twitter or just Google the BET Awards red carpet and see what was on that particular docket. And as far as the actual show goes, Taraji P. Henson did a great job hosting. You know, she's one of my favorite people in the black entertainment business. You know, she's just, Taraji's going to be Taraji no matter what she does or where it's at. She is who she is. She's a D.C. homegirl all the way. Got much love for her. She did a great job hosting. Queen Latifah got the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award, which was well-deserved. I mean, Queen, you know, she started rapping when she was 18 years old, and then she took rapping into acting, into you know, executive producing into philanthropy, like Queen Latifah is the real deal, has been the real deal for a long time. So 
was good to see her get her flowers. I know a lot of people were excited that she, you know, acknowledged her partner and a child for the first time. And Queen and Cardi B are two different people. That goes without saying, but you can't infiltrate their circle. Their leaks, there are no leaks that get out about their personal lives at all, unless Cardi's doing a leak, which is pretty much what a Libra does. Like, if you find something out about a Libra, chances are we probably told you. So, that being said, Cardi announced that she is pregnant with her second child with her husband offset of the Migos, and no one knew she was pregnant until she popped out on that stage. That is an airtight team, man. That is a solid team that just keeps the work, you know, keeps, you know, the media, the paparazzi, you know, from getting all up in your business. So they deserve a ton of credit for that. And as far as the performances go, you know, that was my first time seeing Tyler, the creator, perform. And I didn't know what the hell I was watching. Mainly because I took my glasses off and I was sitting far away from the TV because I'll be honest with you, my vision is off. Absolutely awful. So I didn't realize it was Tyler until I heard somebody say, give it up for Tyler, the creator, on Twitter. And I was like, wait a minute. That was Tyler? Oh, okay. So I get it. He, his performances can't. You know, kind of like Lil Nas X. And getting into Lil Nas X, you know, a black man kissing another black man on the BET Awards going to have everybody upset. Like there are people already saying, my children were watching that. They don't need to see that shit. Well... Why are your kids up 9, 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday watching the BET Awards? Food for thought. Just a food for thought. My problem is with, you know, the homophobic aspect of anybody who ever complains about Lil Nas X or the misogynistic aspect of Megan and Cardi and all these women rappers who, you know, rap about sex is... Straight dudes been doing the same stuff for a long time. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that Too Short would say back in the 80s would make people blush. Today, in 2021. So the moment women start talking about their pleasure, what makes them feel good, how they use these dudes the same way dudes use women, then it's a problem. That's weird to me. That is very weird to me. And... Just going back to, you know, the Tyler and, you know, the Lil Nas X thing. People have this thing where they assign their personal morals and politics to other people. And you can't do that. What I believe is not going to be what the next person believes. What the next person believes is not going to be what I believe. All in all, it's just all our opinions. And you know what they say about opinions and assholes, right? Don't need to go any further. So one thing I'll say about Lil Nas X is he's a tremendous performer. Like, there's no doubt. Like, he's going to give you a show. Him and Tyler upstage, you know, the rappers of the night. I mean, Lil Roddy Rich. I mean, Lil Roddy Rich. Why did I call that boy Lil Roddy Rich? Just Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich, you know, he put some effort into his sets, but his performances still need a little more energy. Moneybag Yo kind of disappointed me because I Got Time Today is one of my favorite songs out right now. Like, that's on my uh, running playlist, one of my running playlists. And, like, he was just mumbling through the whole song. It's like, dude, this is a song where you have to come out with 
max energy. Like you have to say, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like nobody. And he didn't. He didn't. I mean, the Migos did a little bit of choreography, but Cardi upstaged them. Megan put on a tremendous performance as usual. So you have to, a lot of the rappers nowadays, you know, I know some people have attributed it to their drug use and, you know, different things of that nature. But some of the highest performers of all time, like there were times, you know, when, you know, people like Marvin Gaye would just be like nose diving in a face full of cocaine and still give you a good two and a half, three hour show. You know, weed smoking rappers like Big, Tupac, and those guys, they still went out there, boss to the wall performing. You got to want to perform, man. And that's the way you're going to make your money. That's why it's always interesting to me because I go to a lot of these old school concerts and, you know, people like the Whispers, like Frankie Beverly. You know, these cats are 70 years old and they still try their very best to give you the, your money's worth. Like, you won't leave a show feeling like, eh, they just, they just, they just, they just stood there. You know, they wasn't really into the songs. You and I are going to get that with some of these old schoolers. These old schoolers still believe in giving you top dollar for your, you know, for your, you know, give you top performance for your dollar. That's what these new guys and gals gonna have to figure out. You gotta put, you gotta put, you gotta put up or shut up. And the moment you do that, is the moment you start getting a better reputation as a performer. You start drawing bigger crowds. You start making more money. Because that's what you want to do, right? You want to make money. And to do that, you gotta put in some effort. You gotta put in some effort. Speaking of effort, her won a couple of awards, and she had a pretty good performance. You know, she started out on the drums, ascended from the ceiling, and then ended on guitar, which I think takes a lot of talent as someone trying to learn how to play instruments and make beats at this particular time. And something that bothers me about the way people receive her is, I granted, her type of music is not going to be for everybody, you know. Because she has different lanes. Like, she can do R&B. You know, she does the reggae. She did some reggae stuff. She does, like, the Disney soundtrack stuff. I mean, she is, she's an artist. She's an artist. And a lot of the music folks that I follow, very knowledgeable people, won't take anything away from them. So I don't want anybody listening to this feel like I'm taking shots at anybody because these are people I admire and respect and hope to have on the podcast at some point. A lot, a lot of people are saying that her is an industry player. And granted, she's everywhere. I get it. I don't think you can plant a talent like hers. Like, it was going to be noticed eventually. Like, yeah, her father works with the Recording Academy or, you know, is working in the music business or something, but I think nepotism, you know, has always been a part of the music business at some point. I mean, you got you to gotta remember that a lot of the Motown folks, you know, are cousins, second cousins, different things of that nature. You know, Miley Cyrus, you know, for all of her warts, you know, is the daughter of a country music icon. You always got to have it in. Might be a family member, might be a friend, you know. Very few people in any, you know, money-making business are self-made. Got it out of the mud. It's very rare. 
that's why it's always funny to hear, you know, certain folks in certain industries like, yo, I didn't have nothing, man. It was like, you know, I struggled the whole way. In some in some cases, that can be true for a lot of people. Not going to take that away from them. But you still have to have lessons. You still have to have practices. You still have to attend concerts and, you know, tournaments if you play sports. Somebody's going to know somebody with a little more clout, somebody with a little more pub, someone with some. Someone with some, you know, influence is going to notice you. And maybe, you know, Gab's father played a part in that. But I don't think he's the first one to get his daughter or or child noticed in the music industry, and he damn sure won't be the last. So I think calling her an industry plant is unfair because you can't be an industry plant and be that damn talented. Like a lot of folks that are industry plants are just talentless, not talentless hacks. I won't be that cool, but I'll say that they aren't as good as the PR machine would have you believe. I would believe the baby is an industry plant before I believe her is an industry plant. Like his songs have gotten progressively worse since his true color started to show. And I'm not even talking about this whole recent incident with him talking about, you know, Megan being another nigga's B or whatever. And all of that. And he, 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 I mean, he showed his true colors. And again, you know, if you're listening to the Chris Pies and Things podcast for the first time, I really don't like to use the N word and I really don't like to curse, but you have to get a point across. So if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with me cursing or saying, you know, certain words, you can, you can always go ahead and, you know, skip off the podcast. But if you're used to it by now, welcome aboard, stay aboard. That said, you know, him saying that, you know, Megan is just somebody else's girl when, you know, she always gives his corny ass work on corny ass a verse on one of her songs. That's corny. It's just it's just corny. And, you know, the fact that. We already know that the baby has, you know, some issues and the fact that he would actively choose to work with the dude that is accused of and probably did, you know, shoot Megan the Stallion. It's just weirdo behavior. It's absolutely weirdo behavior. And I would believe him to be an industry plant before I believe her would be an industry plant. And the whole thing about industry plants and people, you know, being pushed ahead of others. A lot of that has to do with marketing. And in the 21st century, there's the omniscient nature of, you know, famous people because of social media, because of different apps, you know. You see a lot more people like we know that Megan, you know, has this amazing house where she twerks all day long, but still has time to do her schoolwork. We know that Saweetie's culinary interests are very, shall we say, diverse, <laughs> you know, and we know all these things about, you know, these artists and performers and actors and social justice folks because they chronicle every step on social media. So. You can get tired of someone fairly easy. And a musician that I follow on Twitter said pretty much that is that she is overexposed at this point. And that's a fair assessment to make that her has, you know, been everywhere. She's she's done festivals. She's done TV performances. She's done BET Awards. 
She does it. She's she's everywhere. And to think that someone of her stature and her talent wouldn't be pushed, it's kind of short-sighted. Granted, we've seen a lot of talented musicians, you know, get pushed behind, get left behind by their labels. Talking to you, Def Jam. Well, y'all did Big Crit still pisses me off. So it's unfair to say that her is a plant. Granted, she's everywhere, but you can't plant her level of talent. You have to be skilled to start a performance on drums, ascending from the ceiling, and then pick up the guitar, play the guitar. I'm a huge fan of multi-instrumentalists, man. So you can't, you're not going to be able to say to me that her is an industry plant and her doesn't deserve any type of props. You just will not, that dog won't hunt with me. It just won't. Now, I will say that another pair of multi-instrumentalists, vocalists, and talented young black women got the shaft Sunday night. Talking about the sisters' bell, Chloe and Hal. How did the ungodly hour not win one award? That is crazy. That was a tremendous album for young women, young femmes, and people who identify a little differently than the average black person. Ungodly Hour was a tremendous album. And they and they and they and they wrote and produced all of it. Like it wasn't like they had outside help, you know, they didn't have they didn't call on a a Timbaland or a Just Blaze or a Kanye or a Jermaine Dupree or a Jimmy Jam or Terry Lewis or Babyface and L.A. Reid. They produced the bulk of that album themselves. And it was a tremendous album. It deserved way more in terms of awards. I mean, critically, people love it. But you got, you know, the awards matter. And their mentor, Beyonce, can attest to that because, you know, she has put out album after album, year after year, and still has trouble winning album of the year. I think when Beyonce has her Susan Lucci moment for album of the year, if she decides, you know, that's what she wants to pursue, like, it is going to blow the roof off of whatever, you know, any, whatever Grammy award ceremony people are watching when Beyonce finally wins album of the year. But she's probably talked to Chloe Halley that the award ceremony thing is just, it is what it is. You can just, the only thing you can do is just put your head down and put out better work. And that, and in that regard, I was very happy to see Jasmine Sullivan win for Hotels, because Hotels was really good as well. And her and Ari Lennox doing on it on the BET Awards. I want them to do a full album of hotel esque stuff. Like, if you want to bring in outside producers, bring in the best R and B producers you can. Bring in guys like Robert Glasper, have Thundercat do some stuff on it. Give. Give Ari and Jasmine a canvas and let them paint. That would be a tremendous album. Just my humble opinion. And we might get an album from Ari Lennox and Jasmine Sullivan before we get one from Brandon Anderson and Peter Hernandez. That's right. I'm not calling them Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. I'm not calling them Soup Sonic until we get an album. You can't just put out a song like Leave the Door Open and then and then say, well, you know what? We might do an album, we might not. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Granted, yesterday, Naima Cochran, who does the soul sermons on Twitter as, you know, written for Vibe, you know, she's a music pro and a curator. 
someone you someone we respect, someone we you know trust with musical opinions and you know conversation. And she said that it's pretty much a dick swing contest between Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars's ladies. So I'm not as pissed off at those two as I originally was. But yeah, the music industry ruins everything, man. Record labels ruin everything. But it it would it would be a pleasant surprise if they went ahead and just put out an album this weekend. I'm just saying. It would be nice. Overall, though, the BET Awards was, you know, a very interesting night. You know, a lot of good performances, a lot of talented people getting their flowers, you know, a lot of people, you know, introducing themselves to the black public because that's who the BET Awards is for, you know, for black folk. And it's always a good time on social media because people have fun, you know, hyping up their favorites, roasting outfits, you know, roasting performances, critiquing performances, critiquing their favorites. And it's interesting because I think who was it? I think it was Reagan Gomez, the uh, the actress, who said that this was Black Twitter's birthday. Because Black Twitter was born the day Michael Jackson died. Of course, Michael Jackson died June 12th. June 25th, excuse me, 2009. And I had just joined Twitter like maybe a week or two earlier. So that was the first time I remember people literally gathering together on a social media platform to watch something. Like we were all shocked when Michael Jackson died and then we all watched his funeral in real time. Like I'll never forget of all the craziness and zaniness of that time, Magic Johnson recounting eating Kentucky Fried Chicken Kentucky Fried Chicken and Neverland Ranch is still one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Like, that's that's pure magic. Like, that's Magic Johnson. Like, he's going to give you something funny. He's going to give you something goofy and something time. And, you know, eating Kentucky Fried Chicken at Neverland Ranch is one of his life's highlights. What can you do? So, being that black Twitter and social media and black people on social media have so much influence in general. It is nice to be, you know, noticed and acknowledged by BET, you know, as culture's biggest night because we are the culture. Black people have more swagger, have more talent, have more panache, have more flair for doing anything than anybody on this planet. And that gets ripped off a lot of times. You know, there's the whole thing now about TikTok dancers boycotting, you know, creating a thought, a dance for Megan Thee Stallion's thought shit because white people are obviously going to steal it and do it with less than spectacular results. <laughs> so it is nice to be noticed, you know, by BET, you know, but at the same time, we still have to gatekeep. Gatekeeping black culture is going to save black culture from the clutches of people who are just watering down and unseasoning. So it's good to be noticed, but at the same time, we have to be very careful about who we invite to this mythical cookout, so to speak. Our culture is constantly, you know, either criticized, belittled, mocked, but at the same time, it's parodied, it's stolen, it's ripped off. White folk got to make up their mind. People of other races got to make their mind, honestly. Because anti-blackness ain't just a white thing. It's an Asian thing. It's a Latino thing. It is a Eastern Indian thing. It's a Euro. It's a Slavic Euro thing. 
I don't get it. I still don't understand what black people did to receive all this hatred other than exist. Because white people brainwashed the hell out of other races, man. Like, you know, when I found out that Eastern Indians did not want their daughters dating black men or black women, that threw me for a loop. Because in some cases, some Eastern Indian people are even darker than the darkest sub-Saharan Africans. And I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) You know, I just don't understand how people can be so slanted towards be be racial pick me's pretty much like oh i hate black people too on good and damn well that white people will stick the knife in your back as soon as it is turned and our asian friends unfortunately are learning that out finding that out the hard way because of you know the orange guy calling it the china flu and blaming you know china for covid and you know asian violence against asian people has been on the rise since the pandemic and it's always been a problem for Latinos because, you know, they're, you know, they're the bad hombres crossing the border and whatnot. But at the same time, these folks that are, you know, being victimized and brutalized by white people somehow still have the energy to be anti-black. And that is very confusing. Like, shouldn't we all be in this together? Like, there's one common enemy here. And y'all are smart people. Y'all can figure it out. It's rocket science. I mean, it ain't rocket science. White people have a vendetta against the entire population that ain't white. And somehow they have turned us and other minorities and people of other ethnicities against each other. It is the strangest thing. But I guess that's how, you know, white supremacy, you know, is supposed to work. You know, turn everybody else against each other and, you know, reap the benefits. Sorry I went on that rant, but again, BT Awards, good night, you know, for, you know, for the culture, you know, a lot of good performances, a lot of nice, you know, moments, and again, we got to support our own. You know, black people, we all we got in this world. You know, granted, we still have to work through our own problematic things within our communities, you know, with religion, homophobia, misogynism, misogyny, misogynism, where the hell did I get misogynism from? Sorry about that. Homophobia, racism, colorism, misogyny, ableism, all that shit. We got to work through it together. Because black people are all we got. And we should be able to support each other's artistic endeavors, you know, as, you know, either, you know, critical, you know, with, with fair criticism or fair amount of love. You can toe that line. You know, they're not mutually exclusive. You can do both. You can be critical of someone without being unduly harsh, and you can be a fan of someone without being an overzealous kiss-ass. It can be done. And that's generally my impressions of the BET Awards, and I want to know what you thought. You can find me on Twitter. Find me on Twitter at CJWritesAndThings, C-J-W-R-I-T-E-S, the letter N-T-H-A-N-G-S. Shoot me an email as well, Chris Stevens Writes, C-H-R-I-S. S-T-E-V-E-N-S-W-R-I-T-E-S at gmail.com. And also be sure to subscribe to the Chris Pies and Things podcast on Spotify. Just search for C-H-R-I-S space P-O-D space the letter N space T-H-A-N-G-S. Hit that subscribe button. Check out all the previous episodes, you know, featuring guests and opinions 
on different topics and things from yours truly. Thank you all for listening to the Chris Piles and Things podcast. Stay cool out there. Till next time we speak, y'all be good or be good at it. Thank you.